How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Board and Browsing Podcast. I'm your host, Danny. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Samson and Sean. Howdy. Hey. So, boys, today is a very special episode because we have an incredible guest joining us, and I'll let him introduce himself further, but please welcome Benjamin uh, Lobato to the show. Hi, guys. How's it going? Happy to be here. Woo. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. How how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I was just uh, sharing before we started recording that... Uh, I cannot fit into my pants, and so uh, all's good. I'm wearing sweats, but you can't see because we're on a Zoom. Excellent. I'm honestly worried as it gets warmer that sweatpants are just going to start fading out for, like, shorts because sweatpants are just so comfortable. And it's not like shorts are bad, but nothing beats sweatpants in a Zoom call. I contemplated cutting off the legs of my joggers. (laughs) (laughs) can't really who only contemplated i've got three pairs come on man oh. get with it. <laughs> already going, ready going into Absolutely. june you get the scissors out let's go <laughs> yeah so benjamin for people who might not know like who you are and what it is you do do you want to introduce yourself a little bit further to our audience sure i'm a writer producer director i've uh, worked on shows that uh some of your audience may know Justified, Shades of Blue, The Following, Gang Related. Um, I'm currently the showrunner of Queen of the South, um, and I'm very happy to be here with you guys today. Yeah. Yeah, we had a chance to check out some of the episodes and really enjoyed what we saw. So, I, I mean, it's super cool that the show is making its way into its final season and kind of wrapping up and stuff. So congratulations on that and having five successful seasons. Woo. Yeah, no worries. You only saw a couple of episodes. I t- I was told you guys were like rabid fans. Wait. <laughs> well, we we saw the episodes that we needed to make our way through. You know, we're we're we we build up over time. So so we'll start from a small budding flower rose, and then we move our way into a large flower of loving. Exactly. I like to think about it. it's like you, I just met like a a new prospective partner. You know, we went on a date or two, and now you know we're gonna see where the relationship goes, and it looks like it's going well. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, it's just like, is this like a Tinder date or is it what kind of date? Is that? But, it's more of like one that your parents kind of know each other. So they set each other up uh, and, and then like, so you kind of know who the other person is already. And then it's slowly moving from like uncomfortable, awkward to like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I remember those dates. <laughs> like, all right. Who, who else? I mean, is that is that a real thing for you guys? Because. I remember my dad used to come home when I was a teenager and go like, hey, son, I met this young lady. You really need to give her a call. And he would slip me a phone number like on more than one occasion. I I can't I don't think I've ever been near my mom with at any age with a, a woman of any age where she hasn't gone. So who's that? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. She seems nice. She seems yeah. really nice. Yeah, I, I relate to that hard. I just I just wrapped up. I worked at a school for three years and um, I was one of five male staff members. Everyone else is like older women and they were always trying to set up their sons with people at the school. They're like, <laughs> hey, uh, Samantha, do you, you don't want you're not seeing anybody, right? My son's really cute uh, <laughs> and free this Saturday. Uh, the amount of female co-workers I had that had to turn down dates. 
<laughs> oh. oh my god, I can't imagine. You know, they should okay. probably make a, a Tinder for moms who they just contact yeah. each other and then are like, hey, I've got a daughter, you've got a son. Not We need to both get them out of the house. Let's get them together. Let's get them out. Yo, that's a genius idea. But I have to say, like my mom, she was she was always a strikeout. She was like, this is the per- I found your wife. And I'm and, like, not even ever close. But dad, always in the ballpark. Oh, nice. Yeah. Continuing on with our conversation <laughs> here. One of the things that we like to do on the Board and Browsing podcast is talk about things we've been watching and kind of give our honest recommendations and reviews. So is there anything that you've been watching recently that you've either really loved or really hated? Because we will take either. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so I've I've been going back, like I do this periodically when I have a little break in the action. I go back and, you know, I want to see some of the classics, some of the things that inspired me um, even to get into this business. And so I, I just, I was making a list. I just recently rewatched Rosemary's Baby, which mm. uh, the Roman Polanski, love it. Absolutely masterpiece. Um you know, that kind of horror, psychological horror like that is just, that's just the best. It's just the best. Like, I'll take that any day over zombies and vampires, <laughs> right? No objections from yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just watched that. I saw The Last of the Mohicans recently. That was a lot of fun. Really cool. I think that's streaming right now on, uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. So that was cool. But you know what? Look, we've all had like a weird traumatic year. And so to be honest with you, man, like I've been like watching, I've gone back to like King of Queens because like I, I need, I need some, you know, emotional, like I need an emotional blanket. Like I need, you know, like fun junk food kind of comforting all is well. You just have to count your calories, but you still have a hot one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like those jokes never get old, right? Like that situation. So I'm like, so, like I find myself at the end of the night, like I watch the news and I'm like, oh God, how do I cleanse my palate from that? And then I'll be like, I know King of Queens. And so like, I'll go like on a three or four episode, just binge and maybe I'll have ice cream with it. And I'll just, I'll love, I'll just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, man. I definitely feel you on that. I just started rewatching Malcolm in the Middle for the first time in, uh, in like uh, like a decade, and like it's good to have those like nice comforting shows, especially now, like right like to calm down and cleanse your palate before like of of the nightmares of the modern <laughs> world before you go to bed. I feel like oh, for yeah. a lot of people, it's The Office. Like that's the one I hear yeah. all the time. Is like I just go and I watch ten episodes of The Office, and I know every word, and I know every joke that's coming up, and I skip. Oops, Scott's tots because it's really awkward. But <laughs> you know, you do. You need that. And and I've I've been actually really getting into New Girl lately as like Dude, a I love very positive, a great upbeat, comfort just. Like, you're going to feel good at the end of an episode. And you, you really, like you were saying, when you check the news, you really need that sometimes. Because <laughs> you'll scroll through the headlines and be like, those are all bad. Those are almost all bad. <laughs> so let me have some good for Absolutely. once. Man, New week. Girl is so good. I love all the writing dynamics between characters. I think that's my favorite part of the show is just, like, how well written every single one of the main cast is. And they all just, like, play off each other really, really well. Yeah, I think I'd rather watch the news, though, than the Megan Fox season. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Well, like, it could have been worse. That's my thoughts going into it. It's very difficult for a show to get rid of, like, its lead title character and still manage to get renewed. So they did something right, but, like, 
I, I get what you mean. It definitely wasn't the best season. Before we stray too far, Ben, I wanted to ask after that Rosemary's Baby like kind of recommendation to point out, are you a big horror fan by any chance? You know, I'm I'm not. I'm actually, oh. I'm a, guys, I'm a scaredy cat, man. I don't like to be scared. I'm like, I mean, if I watch a horror film and I'm alone at night, I might leave the lights on. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't, like, I don't dig it. I saw The Exorcist once when I was a kid. I'm still traumatized, never gone back. You know what I mean? And so it's like, mm -hmm. but I'm, but I do love, I'm interested in like, that's one of the greats as well as like the shining. Oh, and uh, yeah. Cause those are great psychological horrors and they're character pieces. And I actually mm. find them, I actually, I find them terrifying. And so like, um, you know, it, it's like, I can only watch it. Like I've got like, I'll, okay. Like I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have to watch that stuff in the daytime. Like I don't mm -hmm. want to see that before going to bed. Cause It'll give me a nightmare. I don't know about you guys, but like, that's just me. Yep. No. Yeah. Sometimes it slips into your dreams and then it gets real bad. Or like you wake up at like three in the morning and then it's like, oh, Jesus, I wish that I, I like, I can't fall back asleep. I can't get up to go to the bathroom right now. I am or you, paralyzed with fear. Look, you might hear something at night and wake up and then you'll remember the movie and that's it. You're not going yep. back to sleep. It's like, yep. okay, yep. let me grab the remote and watch King of Queens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like you can relate to this i i have contacts in right now but i have glasses and there's nothing worse than you wake up in the middle of the night with like the blurry vision and you're like did i put my jacket over there or is this a demon <laughs> like is this the end because this could be the end right now yeah there could be like a succubus like <laughs> well i mean <laughs> you your bed man you don't want that you've been trouble <laughs> absolutely depends if my mom recommended it or not that's where it comes down to <laughs> hopefully not samson Weren't you saying that you weren't allowed to watch Goosebumps until you were 13? Yep. <laughs> I, I was scared of everything. Uh, I was. I had to close my eyes through the opening of the Goofy movie when I was what? like six. When, he turned, <laughs> when Max goofy? has the dream where he turns into Goofy, I was scared of everything. <laughs> I was scared of wow. everything. And now I watch I watch lots of scary movies. The, lo the only thing that has like... Sometimes I give myself insomnia when I watch things like Hereditary or uh, oh. Haunting of Hill House, but yeah. outside of that, I've, I've been pretty brave. I can watch Goosebumps, and I am completely unfazed now. That's what we call progress. Yes, exactly. I even can watch it at nighttime sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Like that episode where they get tortured, the, the, the aunt comes and she turns the kids into old people. <laughs> I wish Isn't I that a movie that just came out? <laughs> I think they came out with a sequel. They came out with a movie with Jack Black, and then they came out with a sequel recently, I think. No, no, no. The The concept of turning young people old. Isn't that like the new M. Night Shyamalan movie? Oh, I actually, yeah, I think you're right. There is yeah. a new M. Night Shyamalan movie coming out with that premise. Huh. The trailer looked nuts. Yeah, I, I was like, ah, it might be a little scary for me. Matinee. That's a matinee show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> It like the trailer was was freaky. But Samson, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? You know what? I forgot what I watched. Oh, I watched Scanners for the first time. Ooh. I had never seen this. It's a David Cronenberg movie. It was oh. fun. I wish some parts had been a little bit shorter. It takes up like there's just a scene where it's like two minutes of just people walking into this room to observe something. And I'm like, this could go way faster. <laughs> but it, it was it was cool. Um, it makes me want to watch The Fly even more because mm -hmm. I hear great things about The Fly. That's like been on my list forever. But Scanners was fun. Basically, the premise is 
there are these people called scanners and they can scan your mind but if they scan your mind it really messes you up like they can accidentally blow up your head or like you know give you a nosebleed it's really painful when somebody scans you so like there's one good scanner and then there's a group of bad scanners that are just like trying to take everybody out it's 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 a crazy movie it's very very violent when it wants to be violent again people's heads explode and stuff which is kind of exciting but uh it does drag a little bit, but I, I would recommend it. It's campy and it's fun and it's a, just like a good, like, it's a good, just fun, gory horror movie, horror thriller. And um, yeah, ch- check out Scanners. Hmm. Where can you watch it? It was on either Amazon Prime or Netflix. It could be on both too, but oh, HBO Max? <laughs> it was on HBO Max. It was on HBO Max. <laughs> I, I know There's for so certain it was now. on There's HBO There's so Max. many. I know. Oh, oh, I get that. It was on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and I knew it wasn't on Disney Plus, so there, there we go. <laughs> I would love to see scanners on Disney Plus. <laughs> but like under the kids section? <laughs> yeah. You think they do like a soft reboot of it, but like with kids one day? Ooh, I, oh, man. <laughs> That'd be something. I'd watch it. Or maybe like maybe. the uh, grocery store version where there's good scanners oh. that you can go to to get your items <laughs> scanned. All right, anyway, we're going to move away from that really bad bit. <laughs> yeah. that, that just is a, a little bit, it's what we call a stinker. So I've, I've been watching, I watched a, a, a bird documentary on Netflix the other day, which for me is also kind of that like, that, that kind of like comfort blanket sort of show where I just like I just like turning on a nature documentary. They're always beautiful and like super well shot. And the, the narrator's always like, Well, these birds will always live with their mate. And I'm like, that's beautiful. And then they get killed by another bird, but this one specifically was like only positive. It's called Dancing with the Birds. I just muted myself for a second. It's called Dancing with the Birds. <laughs> and it's just about these like e- exotic birds. I think oh, I forget the island they're from exactly. But they all have these crazy elaborate mating routines or, or like different parts of their feathers and body that are extraordinary all for attracting a mate. And so it was just about birds like dancing and throwing their feathers around and just finding love. And I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I needed. Happy 2021 hot boy summer. Exactly. To anyone who likes nature documentaries, a solid one. If you're not a big nature documentary fan, it's not. I wouldn't call it like the standout. This is one isn't going to sell you on nature documentaries. But if you like birds, you like dancing, you like dancing birds. This is for you. <laughs> and happy feet. And happy feet. That's the other <laughs> dancing bird movie. <laughs> I can oh, recommend this and happy feet. <laughs> wasn't there also a surfing penguin movie? Oh uh, yeah, up. surfs up. I think surfs <laughs> up. It's called yeah. So those are the three you would recommend for people who like happy dancing birds. I'm, I'm glad that I can't remember the names of, of people I meet, but I can remember Surf's Up is the surfing penguin movie. <laughs> so that's, I'll file that one away to think about later. Sure. I love surfing movies. I mean, is that, what? tell me what this is about, Surf's oh. Up. Oh. So, Do you want to take this, shot? Yeah, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Samson, it has been a while, but one penguin sort of gets lost from the rest of its uh, flock, I suppose. And it floats away and ends up on a tropical island where it meets another penguin that knows how to surf. And the whole goal is is the, the, the tides around the island and the waves are too intense for the penguin to swim away. But you may catch on. He can probably surf away if he learns how to hang 10. Or I think they call it something different in the movie. Samson, am I, am I correct here? 
I don't remember that. What I remember being very distinct about it is it's an animated comedy. Yes. Yeah. But it's shot in the style of a documentary. It's a yes. it's a mockumentary. Is it real? But, which is like really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it, maybe I'm losing it's it. It's a mockumentary. <laughs> I, I think you're right though. I do think that's the premise. But I just remembered how weird it was to make an animated mockumentary. <laughs> about penguin surfing. Yeah, about penguins talking surfing. Yeah. Surfing I feel penguins. like we should have led with that it was an animated mockumentary because it can be a little confusing if you're thinking about a real penguin that learns to surf you know i'm gonna go ahead and say that i don't think ben was sitting here being like wow incredible that they taught those penguins to surf i, I could be wrong i don't want to assume your your stance you've seen march of the penguins well this blows it out of the water okay so so taking a completely different direction i recently watched tenet on HBO Max. Now, if you like Inception and thought that it could get more confusing and leave with a headache, this is the movie for you. <laughs> it's wild, like, how scattered it is, but, like, it works for the plot because it's just something about it, like, doing the disjointed time and, like, anytime you make a movie with time travel, it always gives you a headache after and it's a little tough to follow, but, like, this one, I needed to pause it. Like, that's how that's how confusing some of the parts would be where I was watching it with a friend and every 10 minutes or so we just pause and be like, okay, so this is what's happening. This is where it's going. This might be the future premise. But like, (laughs) that's not to take away from this movie, because I think it's like a solid six or seven, especially depending on how much you like Christopher Nolan. It's just like it's a very confusing. You need to watch multiple times movie. Which I think he has, he does a lot of those, but this one especially felt like it was very tough to track until like the last third when they decide to start color coordinating the different timelines. And you're like, oh, that would have been nice to see like <laughs> two hours ago. Well, so it, it's good, but it's, it's a lot. It's really tough to watch. How long is it? It's long too, right? Yeah, it's, it's like two and a half hours. Okay. That's a long time. To be- That's yeah. True. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to watch a movie to be confused, I want it to be like 88 minutes or something. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to spend your whole evening confused. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the one major critique I will have is that the first half of the movie is significantly worse than the second half because the acting is so stiff and robotic. And I don't know if that's just because, like, as they're slowly discovering things, it becomes more fluid and they're kind of, like, embracing these new characters they're becoming or like these new people that they are but i definitely noticed that like the first third of the movie especially just kind of felt like they were reading off the script instead of like actually acting and having conversations so i just want to say i remember reading before the movie came out that several of the actors didn't understand what the context was or what was going on because even they were confused by the yeah. plot. So I, I, you might be right that they just didn't know what they were reading, <laughs> just doing their best. I think several people, including Robert Pattinson, were like, I have no idea what the hell yeah. this is. This is. Robert Pattinson was great, though. He was, he was definitely my favorite character. Like, I, I enjoyed every scene he was in. He, he's just a great actor. I'm really excited to see him in The Batman coming out, I think, yeah. next year. Yo, I didn't realize that Paul Dano is the Joker in that. I'm <laughs> I'm really excited now. That's going to be a wild one. Love that guy. That's going to be tremendous. Yeah. Very excited. But yeah, I mean, Tenet, I think I think it's worth watching. I think you might have to watch it a second time afterwards, but <laughs> so otherwise, five yeah, hours. go enjoy Oof. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking on Queen of the South, I feel like that's a perfect transition point to start talking about it. So it's currently in its fifth season, has is going to be wrapping up pretty soon. How did you kind of get on to the team for that? 
So like, what was it about Queen of the South that stood out to you as something like, I want to be a part of it? Or was it because of the way you grew up and the sort of experiences you had? Yeah, I mean, you know, I because I grew up on the border, smuggling and that world, it, it's weird, man. I mean, I hate to say it, but if you're if 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 you grow up Mexican American on the border with families on both sides, you're just kind of in that world a little bit. You know what I mean? You have friends, you have family, you have people that are that either dabble or you're in it, you're adjacent to it, you understand it. Um, and I think more importantly, like I understood the people in it you know, from a character standpoint. So like these people aren't, they weren't stereotypes to me. Like I've never seen that story told authentically from people who kind of like lived in the world and like, and saw the characters as human beings overcoming obstacles who are forced to make difficult decisions that, you know, uh, there by the grace of God go I, you know? And I just thought that I could bring something authentic to it. And I thought that it was a, it was a fresh perspective coming from a, a female in the world versus a male perspective, which tends to be, you know, um, a lot more about empire building and, and doing that in a way that's very bloody. Whereas like the Teresa Mendoza character, she's very much, she's not about building empire, she's about building family. And so I thought that that was a, an important distinction. And so that was really one of the things that drew me to the project. Yeah. And it's, it's a, diverging a little bit from from queen of the south there but i was curious what what do you like what would you see yourself what's something you really want to work on oh i have there's so many things that you know that i have right now in various stages of development some of them i you know i, I like i can't talk about a lot of yeah. it there is one project particular that i'm writing now and it's a feature film and it's uh based upon a real life experience when uh my older brother was a little bit caught up in the business and whatnot and um he was running from the feds and me and my mom took him to Mexico to hide him out. Mm. And um, it was just this story that it was, I it started as a short story that I wrote about the experience and we were sending it out as a sample all over town. And everybody that read it was like, they wanted to option it and make it a movie. And I, and I always said, no, I said, look, I go, it's, it's too personal. And um, I want to make that someday. And, um, but it has to be me. And so that I'm working on that right now. And that's a really cool, fun project. Um, and there, you know, there's a few other things, but you know, like I, I kind of see myself doing a lot of different things. I mean, I love sci-fi, you know, um, yeah. I'd love to do something in the psychological horror realm, you know, um, and, um, you know, I love Westerns and, but what I do is really kind of like muscular drama. It's very propulsive, but with a heart. And so there's a, there, there are just, there's just a lot of stuff that, that, you know, that I'm looking at right now and, and things I'm very excited about. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens next, but, um, there are a lot of things in front of me and I'm excited about the future. Yeah. So does that make you, make you kind of reflect back on like working on this show for five years? Like what are, what are some thoughts you kind of have now that Queen of South is coming to an end? Uh, if thoughts in terms of like, what, what do you mean? I guess thoughts in terms of like how you feel about the overall project and like things that you you maybe I guess wish that you were able to still do on the show or or things that you wish like or that you're very proud of that happened like final wrapping up thoughts like if you're to look back at the Queen of the South kind of how you feel about the show and your role within it. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, first of all, I'm very proud of the show. Um, Five seasons is, is a monumental achievement. Um, in this day and age. And, um, you know, in terms of like how we're uh, wrapping up the show, I mean, it's 
I, I think it's everything that it should have been. It's like, there's nothing that I can say, I wish we would have done this differently in terms of like how we're arcing out the show, the character arcs, the story arcs. The ending is very surprising yet inevitable, which is exactly the kind of thing that you, where you want to be. I think it's going to be very satisfying for the audience. I can't wait to, uh, to see the reaction, you know, in terms of things that I want to do. I mean, this show has just been an amazing opportunity for me. I've got to do everything on this show. I've written, I've produced, I acted, I composed a song. I sang the song on the show. Like I directed this season. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. I even, um, I brought in a uh, pit bull to do a song, to produce a song for us last season. That was like incredible. And I mean, it's just been an, an amazing proving ground. I think, you know, um, it was an opportunity that I got in here season one early on. I'm the only writer that's been here from season, season one. And um, I, I had the opportunity to prove myself over and over again, trying different things um, and succeeding and being able to walk away really with, I think a show that I'm really proud of, but also having achieved things that I had been hoping to achieve, which is one of the hardest things to do in this industry is to direct. Like that's like one of the most difficult things to accomplish to, to get the opportunity to uh, direct. And I, I had the opportunity to do that. My episode actually is airing tomorrow and um, awesome. it was actually selected um, by the studio to represent the show in the Emmys this year. So that's, I mean, that's just a huge achievement. Wrote it. Yeah, congratulations. Produced it. No, thank you. And so, I mean, I have to say, like, I mean, I'm leaving this show, this show on a high and, um, you know, the conversations around what I want to do next, they're very different than they, they would have been a couple of years ago. And so I feel like I can almost, you know, the, the world is my oyster, as they say now. So I'm, I'm very excited about what's next. Yeah. Yeah. What? So like in hindsight, like for other people too, like, like especially young people trying to get into the industry or like younger kids that like dream of, you know, doing what you do, like, do you, would you have any advice for, for them? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, if this is what you want to do, I mean, really, I mean, it, it's no different than really um, learning to be a brain surgeon. I mean, maybe it's even harder, right? Like there are more brain surgeons in this country than there are writer producers in Hollywood, right? Yep. I mean, it, it's, we're talking about the top 1% of the 1% that actually make it to a professional level. And so what, what does that mean? That means if that's what you're gonna do, it requires laser focus and a lifetime of study. Like you, the, the beautiful thing about my business is like, there's never a point where like, I'm gonna stop learning and getting better. Because even because unlike sports, like you can be a great athlete, but your body will age you out in terms of like this business, your experience and your learning can only increase over time. And more importantly, as you get older, you see the world differently. You become more humble. You learn things that you didn't know before. You see the world from different perspectives. And all of that feeds into your work as a writer, as a producer, as a storyteller. And so I have to say, I mean, it, it's such an amazing privilege to do what I get to do. And anybody that, that wants to do it, they just have to know there are great sacrifices. You know, when I 
first started pursuing this, that was it. It was laser focused. Like if this was my life, when I moved to Hollywood, I had roommates. They were all pursuing the same thing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, they were out. I was not out. I was writing. I was working. I was studying. I, that was it. That was my singular focus. You know, um, I made it in the business, you know, and, and, um, these, these people are either gone or still struggling. And, you know, that's the sad reality. It's like, you know, anything in life, whether it's sports, whether it's anything that you want to achieve, you have to count the cost and their sacrifice. And if you're not willing to, to sacrifice, then you should find something else. It's probably not your passion. And you have to be realistic about it too. Like there are some people that'll do everything that I did and still not make it. And, and that's the, that's also the reality. You know, you can work as hard as you want. You can, and, the, and again, that's the same thing, even in, uh, you know, sports, which is a great metaphor. You can be the hardest working person in the gym, but you may not have the genetics to play professional football. Right. You know, and that's just, it's one of those things that, that happens. You know, I think a lot of it really can come down to genetic makeup, which is how does your brain function? How does it understand and see story? Because story is like math. Right. Yeah. When, you're work, yeah. when you're working on a story, it's kind of like what what's what are the equations that come together? What's the setup and the payoff so that um, the, the ending is fulfilling so that every moment kind of leads into the next? Mm -hmm. And um, how can you do that seamlessly so the audience isn't one step ahead of you? So all of these things come into play and it's you know, it's it's intense. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate the frankness of that. You know, I, I feel like, yeah, we've we've talked to you know, uh, not a huge amount of, of people in the industry, but, but some, and it, you do sometimes get that kind of like, well, you know, just pursue your goals. Whereas, you know, it's not necessarily that simple. There's, there's more to it and it's work. And I feel mm -hmm. like this is the sort of thing that a lot of people look at as like, oh, you know, you just, you go to Hollywood and it just happens. You get lucky. You, you make your shot. You know, somebody, you know, somebody. But yeah. and I think that's actually what's really cool about hearing your story is that you pointed out like way in the beginning of this interview that like you were not the Steven Spielberg recording everything on your Super 8 camera. And I, I just think it's it's cool to know that that's not how it has to be, mm -hmm. but you still have to put in work. Yeah, it doesn't have that's, to be like a day one thing, but you have to put in the hours. Yeah, it, it, it's like once you decide that that's it, you put everything into it. You know, I tell young screenwriters and, and a lot of creative people that come out because I have a lot of friends that are actors, directors. And, and you know, a lot of times they come out, they're young, they're very, you know, um, they're very motivated and it's great. And, you know, and they're trying to work their way and they're trying to break in. And I always say, give yourself a time limit. Hmm. Give yourself a time limit. Don't be the guy that's still here when you're in your 50s or whatever. Like, I mean, and not to say that they can't make it, but what happens is, life is passing you by while you're trying to get to that next place. And that's, that's the other reason why I tell people that come out here is don't put your life on hold. You know what I mean? Like I also have friends that came out, they pursued the, this career in, in a way, like I did it passionately, but I, but I also did it smartly. I went on with my life. I got married. I had kids, all of that stuff while I was still trying to break in and, 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 and knowing limits. Like there was a point in my career when like, I couldn't get hired. I didn't have a job, had my, my daughter and my wife was pregnant with our second. And I had been out of work for like a year. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. We're getting out of town. And literally like I packed up my apartment because I was like, that's it. My agent doesn't return my calls. You know, it was like one of those things where I go like, that's it. Okay. I, I tried, 
I'm cool. I'm going to go do something else because I have to. And I think the pressure of having that family is what made me realistic about it. It also made me work harder. Right. But I remember I went to a U-Haul because I was going to rent the truck so that I can load up my cardboard boxes that were in my living room. And my, um, my credit card was maxed out. I couldn't afford the truck. So I came home and the wife was like, where's the truck? And I said, we, we're not going anywhere. I can't, I, I don't have money to get the U-Haul truck. And so we sat there for a moment and we kind of cried. And then I got up and I made some phone calls and I go, well, I guess I got to try harder. And it was about a month later, I got a call, got a job, was back in the game and then never left after that. But we went through that moment. And I think a lot of people do, you know, those are things that you have to work out. I mean, look, I mean, if I had money, if my credit card wasn't maxed out, I would probably be teaching like short fiction in like some small town somewhere like, you know, and, and selling insurance on the side. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think, I think what you say really resonates. Uh, I, I can't speak for the other two, but it really resonates with me as someone who's been applying for jobs and trying to break in for the past year, because like, it's tough and you really gotta, you really gotta give it your all. And especially like with everything going on right now and COVID and like things starting to open up again, it, it gives a little light at the end of the tunnel. But I think, everything that you spoke about is really accurate and it's really something to take to heart. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say the biggest thing guys is like, don't put your life on hold. Yeah. Because you will, because no matter what, man, like, you know, those are the, at the end of the day, when I began this career and I, and I had a fam, my career was the most important thing to me. Right. And now I've been in this uh, business for um, several years now. It is not the most important thing to me. My family is the most important thing. I don't take jobs sometimes because I, I count the cost and I say, how much time am I going to be away from my family? How much traveling am I going to do? And is it worth it to me because my family is the most important thing? That wasn't the case when I began. But I now I see that in hindsight and, and I realize I wouldn't know that if I had put my life on hold. You know what I mean? And then I would be yeah. a very miserable person. And so what I, the realization is that my joy comes from my family. The, the, the job and the career is amazing. Like, you know, there's great moments of victory. There's great moments of achievement and accomplishment, but really it, it's really about my family now. And, you know, when I first came to town, somebody gave me a piece of advice. They said, Ben, there are two types of people on Sunset Boulevard on Friday night. They said, those who are parting and trying to get into the business and those who are in the business and who are fighting traffic, trying to get home to their families. And he said, you have to decide who you're going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was really interesting. It really stuck with me. Cause I was like, okay, I don't ever want to be the ones that are just parting, trying to get in business. So instead of parting, I'll just stay home on Friday night and just work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think this is a great part to, or great transition point to, go into the game that we like to play with guests that we have on the show called Why Should You Care? So the way this game works is that we essentially have a minute to craft an elevator pitch about a TV show, a movie, a book, a podcast, a song, an artist, something you've been eating, something you've been watching, literally anything, and try and convince the rest of us why we should check it out. And like when I say anything, I really mean anything. (laughs) Sean one week pitched like lima beans. Like I've pitched different movies. I think Samson was just pitching some like random storefront or no i think sean also did the storefront sean does weird things like but but it's basically just using a minute to try and convince us why we should check out something you really enjoy yeah okay is somebody gonna go first or you oh yeah yeah we'll give you we we usually have the guests go go last in this one just so you can have a a bit of a moment to to figure it out (laughs) and and is this fictional or are we pitching stuff you've seen 
So you can do real things or you can do fake things. One of our guests actually pitched a fake show for us and wound up being like, oh, yeah, like, I guess I, I guess I would check that out. So it's really it is free form. It's up to you as long mm-hmm. as it's a minute. That's all you need to do. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I, Anyone have a preference as to who's going first? I got one ready for us to get started. All right, Hell yeah. got all right, I'll start my timer in three, two, one. So I'm here today to pitch to you AAA. If you do not have AAA, get AAA. You might think, Sean, why are you so insistent about AAA? Well, let me tell you, AAA has helped me out immensely in the past couple months two times. First one, 6 o'clock in the morning, morning, pouring rain. I go to start my car. It does not start. I scream, <laughs> and then I call AAA. They are able to get me with a new battery back on the road so quickly that I'm able to make it to school without missing first period. I missed homeroom, but that was fine. I got there to teach. Made it in time. Second time was yesterday. Don't really want to get into why this happened, but I locked my (laughs) keys in the car while the car was running. Not my best moment, but you know who was there? (laughs) Triple A. I was able to, again, scream, call them. And then the guy, he got out these tools. He was in my car in 60 seconds while talking to me and making eye contact the whole time. If that doesn't convince you that you need AAA, then nothing will. That's my time. Wow. I really want to hear more about you locking your keys in your car. I don't want to talk about it. There's no good reason. It's just, I was just not thinking. That's really what it is. It's grading time, so I'm I'm distracted. Yeah. So I think I already have AAA. But otherwise, I would I would probably choose it. Samson, what, what do you think? I also already have AAA. Hey, they have helped me out of some sticky situations, like when I waved to somebody last year and hit the curb and <laughs> slashed my tire. Because <laughs> I was trying to park. It wasn't because like I got derailed. I was trying to parallel park, and I was like, sure, oh, hey, sure. and hit the curb just a little bit too hard. Um, yeah. yeah, I've so, got the triple play plat- platinum. Oh, now. excellent! Hell yeah! That's what I the last time I had to change a tire, I was like, "That's the end of this. I'm not doing this." <laughs> so much <laughs> easier to have someone else do it. More, like I'm not into this. So yes, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. All right, so we're we're a triple A group here. Yeah, good to know. Good to know. Samson, you want to go next, or should I? Why not? I can go next. Oh, All let's right. go. Here we go. I am here to pitch the uh, Final Destination Paddington double feature. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be very general because this, uh, you know, everybody can relate to this. What happens? Your girlfriend who hates horror movies and doesn't drink goes out of town. So you're like, I'm going to watch a scary movie. You put on fi- Final Destination. Great choice. You drink a little bit throughout it. Good choice. You know, not a great movie. Kind of fun. A little spooky. So you want to pick me up afterwards. And... You don't realize how much you've had to drink, so you keep going. You watch Paddington, and it lifts your spirits. Look at all the Harry Potter actors are in this movie. Oh, look at this cute talking bear. Uh-oh, I'm starting to forget parts of it because uh, my girlfriend who doesn't like drinking left me alone, and I have had too much. And um, you know, and then I sit back and I reflect on it, and I'm like, ooh, everyone's like, Final Destination, bad movie, but that was a good time. Paddington, again. Parts of it are missing, but I think that was really good. And then you sleep like a baby because you had such a good time with both of those movies. The end. Wow. So let me just just to be clear, you're specifically pitching watching Final Destination and then Paddington, but in between getting so drunk that you start to lose parts of Paddington. No, you don't need to oh, drink. Need it just to. happens. Okay. Okay. It just... Oh, it, it happens naturally. <laughs> yeah. It gravitates. Yep. You know, yeah, you start with dominoes and... Uh... <laughs> And, uh, you know, some some vodka and polar seltzer. And then, uh, you know, because you're trying to watch your figure and then 
It just slips away from you. <laughs> Everyone can relate to that situation. You know, I, 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 I can. We were, we were talking earlier. COVID. Everybody's getting the new pants because they don't have any more pants. I can relate to that, Samson. And you know what? Yeah. Sure. I'll I'll try the Final Destination Paddington combo. Sounds <laughs> good. Yeah, I think I might as well. Sounds like a good good way to spend an evening. But yeah, I will I will take away my pitch. Or Ben, do you think you would do the double feature of Final Destination Paddington? <laughs> I would absolutely do it, but only if Paddington was included. I couldn't mm. do it otherwise. It, <laughs> yeah. That bear is amazing. Come on. <laughs> That's he what I is. heard. He is. I mean, a raincoat? Come on. Oh, Classic. I mean, and the hat. That little hat. Fashionista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fashionista. Perfect. So I will, I will take away my pitch, and I'm ready to go in three, two, one. So today I'm going to pitch to you a movie that I recently watched called Cherry, which is on Apple Plus, and it's Tom Holland and Sierra Bravo. And although this is a very sad and tough movie to watch, there's something really amazing about the acting done. And I think what really stood out to me as something that's worth watching is that Tom Holland is able to play a character that isn't sort of like quirky and wacky, and he does it pretty well. And to me, that just felt like a rare occurrence where I was like, whoa, it's Tom Holland, but like... He, he's acting like an adult, and that's what made me, like, think that Cherry was a good movie to watch. It's got a really weird blend of, like, storytelling mixed with, like, the consequences of war and, and doing drugs and, like, the after effect of PTSD, which I think is handled beautifully, and the Russo brothers do a great job directing it. It's just, it's such a fantastic and not even all over the place, but it covers a lot of territory, and I think Cherry is definitely worth watching. So that is my minute. What do you guys think? Yeah, I love Tom Holland. I'm I'm way down to see Tom Holland do something with a little little bit of meat to it. Yeah. Yeah. I check it out too. His acting performance, especially in the parts where he played a soldier in Afghanistan, or maybe it was Iraq because it takes place like during the early 2000s, like mm. it was that was probably my favorite sequence of events because he just captures like what it was like to be in the area and the Russo brothers like directed him in the proper like area, but you could feel the emotion on his face during that and I was like, wow, like this is a really good section of the movie. I'm watching. That was awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, Ben, would you like one of us to time you, or do you have a timer? You know what? I just set my timer right now, and I apologize because I was doing that while you were pitching, but I swear to God I was listening. <laughs> You're all good. I have a timer here, and I'm going to set it, and then we'll go. Ready? Sounds good. All right. I'm pitching Vicks Vapor Rub, or in Mexico we say Vaporú which can cure anything, a headache, a nosebleed, a black eye. If you have cancer, <laughs> uh, you might have an uh, athlete's foot. If you break an arm, you put a little vaparu on it, and you'll feel better in the morning. It also works for nightmares. You shove something in your so that when you, at night you can breathe it and you have a heavenly sleep and there's no monsters in the room. Uh, also, if... Uh, and, and this is this is this is uh, ladies don't listen this for if or actually this is for the ladies and not for the men. Husband is ugly. You can put a little bit on your eyes, and so your your vision is blurry. Then he looks like Prince Charming, and then you can kiss him, and everything will be lovely. Um, also works for erectile dysfunction since we're on the topic. Um, and I think it's also it helps with the libido, gentlemen. And so, what else do you need? Nosebleeds, broken arms, cancer, erectile dysfunction, and if you rub it briskly on your hair, guess what? Your hair might grow back. So 
Vix Vaporu <laughs> is a cure-all. The end. Wow. You know, you, you really especially got me at the end there with the hair thing. The kids love commenting on my receding hairline. So I'll just, I'll show them. I'll just slather up with some Vicks. <laughs> Listen, a yeah. hundred million Mexicans will agree with you. Look at this hair. <laughs> I love a yeah. gel that's so multi-purposeful. I can use it on any part of my body and <laughs> probably fixes some issue. So yeah, this seems like an instant purchase. I'm going to petition to the U.S. Army to uh, replace Viagra with Vicks Vapecrew Rub. <laughs> to the <laughs> Army specifically? Yeah. What is specific? They spend a lot of money on Viagra. Do they so really? Do they really? Maybe, yeah. They, yeah. Huh. It's like, look how much money they spend. Well, you on tell Viagra. them to contact it's... Ben. He'll yeah. he'll have the set. The <laughs> look him up. I'm happy to set up an account. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, guys, this has been our episode. Ben, thank you so much for coming on and telling such amazing yeah. stories about yourself and and your career and just. Being a really interesting person to talk to, where can people find you? They can find me on Benjamin D. Lobato on Instagram as well as Twitter. I have a Facebook. I don't use it much, but I am on there and I always welcome uh, invitations for friends. Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at Board and Browsing Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Board and Browse Pod. You can follow me specifically on Twitter at Slothenburg or on Twitch at Slothenburger. And we got the big charity month long stuff coming up, so stay tuned for that in June. And you can follow Samson on Twitter at the underscore big underscore Boomba and check out his music too because it's pretty dang good. Sean, where can people find you? If you slather enough Vicks under your nose and just breathe in deep, <laughs> you'll see me there. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, once again, thank you so much for coming on, Ben. It was such a pleasure to talk with you and have you on here. And my name's Danny. I'm Sean. Uh, oh, and I'm Samson. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.